Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey everyone, Patrick Beja here, and uh, this is going to be the first Pixels of 2021. I'm excited. I hope you are as well. I hope your year is starting well. Um, mine is starting okay, in case you haven't heard. I have some news for the year. I'm expecting another child in April, so that's going to have a little bit of an impact on the way uh, I can handle the workload, but we'll see how that goes. It's not there yet, uh, but it's coming. We're um, supposed to get it. Uh, the delivery, <laughs> suppose, I was going to try to make uh, an Amazon pun, I'm not going to. Um, anyway, it's going to happen around April if all goes well, and uh, that will be crazy, and it's going to be a little bit of a crazy time. So uh, that's how my 2021 is starting. Um, now that we're out of the the resolution of uh, what happened in 2020, well, we're not completely out, but uh, for some aspects we are, we can talk about video games again. And that's what we're going to do. A bunch of things happened over the past month, and we're going to cover all of it, all of them, everything. So the first, let's go in chronological order. Uh, as you know, in this show, I'll, I guess I'll remind this to those who uh, maybe have not listened before. This is a show where I cover the news from the past month and try to summarize, analyze everything so that if you're interested in gaming, you get a, a nice compact dose of uh, what's happened without having to listen to a show every single week to understand what's happening in the, the world of gaming. Um, and so let's go in in chronological order, and uh, I'll also, <coughs> sorry, talk about um, the games I'm expecting and I'm hoping will be good in 2021 and, and I'm hoping will come out. We'll, we'll insert this in the middle of the episode. Um, so one of the, the big things that's going to be, uh, that was confirmed in the beginning of the year was the date for Super Mario 3D World. And it's a big thing maybe for me more than for many other people because I really loved that game. It's a game that came out on the Wii U and uh, it was really underrated or I guess not really underrated. The problem is very few people played it because it was on the Wii U and very few people owned a Wii U. So <laughs> that was a hurdle. And um, it was really a great Mario game. It's not a 2D Mario game and it's not a, a full 3D open world-ish Mario game. It's one of those that still retains the spirit of a 2D platformer, but is definitely in 3D. The, the camera is shifted mostly a little bit to a little bit upwards and you still go mostly from 
left to right or bottom to top on the level. And I'm really looking forward to playing it again. I've been hoping or waiting for it to come out ever since the Wii came out because I want to play it again. And I guess I don't want to hook up my 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 Wii U. Um, but it is so inventive and so clever and so cleverly crafted in its game mechanics. Um, that's the one with the cat suit, which is really cute and, and funny. But uh, on top of that, it's going to feature uh, an add-on called ba Bowser's Fury, which is another, another mode, I suppose. The details are a little bit scarce, but it seems like uh, Bowser is going so crazy that even his uh, son, Bowser Jr., is teaming up with Mario to stop him. And uh, it's a little bit dark, even, and it's kind of surprising that, you know, Nintendo would comment on American politics like that. But, uh, okay, sorry, that's the last one. Um, but it, it's it looks interesting and Mario turns into this giant uh, cat Super Saiyan monster thing or not monster but fighter it's gonna be really interesting to see what it is and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it uh, that game is coming out February 2nd I believe no February 12th sorry uh, on the Nintendo Switch and I'm, I'm honestly it's the game I'm the most excited for the beginning of the year uh, but that was maybe a little bit biased. Uh, the other thing that's been making the news is uh, Star Wars and Disney in general, or I should say LucasArts Games. It's not Lucas... Wait, what's the name of the company that they are, or the division they're forming? I believe it's LucasArts Game. It's not... Uh, no, Lucasfil Lucasfilm Games. That's the name. Sorry, LucasArts, of course, is the uh, old school uh, developer from uh, Lucasfilm. So that one is different. It's called Lucasfilm Game, and it's going to manage the games that uh, are taking advantage of the uh, Lucasfilm IPs. One game that was announced is a um, Indiana Jones game, game, which honestly, I'm not... We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm not incredibly excited about that game i don't know what would be like the, the 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 concept of indiana jones is so video game template that i don't know how much it will be interesting as a video game which isn't already every other video game i mean we have uncharted we have tomb raider and those are essentially indiana jones games so it, would, it, would it be a game like that, which would uh, just have a, an Indiana Jones skin? I don't know how... how I, I'm sure there would be ways of making it a little bit different, and hopefully they do. But And maybe for some people that alone is going to be enough. You know, that's going to be really exciting for uh, people, and they're going to be very happy to see that happen. Um, but we'll see. And, and of course, it should be noted that Machine Games is developing the game, a Bethesda studio, which, by the way, is now Microsoft studio. Um, I'm wondering how that deal came about and how um, much they're going to be putting games on different platforms. If there's a Lucasfilm Games mandate to put it not only on the Xbox, 
which would make sense. What was that deal inked before um, Microsoft decided to purchase Bethesda and ZeniMax? There's a whole other conversation to have there. But Machine Games, of course, made uh, the reboot of Wolfenstein, the Wolfenstein games, which I loved. I think they were incredible. Um, they're really good at having you kill Nazis, which I guess they're going to continue with uh, Indiana Jones. But they, those were first-person games, and I have a hard time imagining a compelling Indiana Jones game in first-person, but maybe it would work. I I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, we're going to get that at some point in the future. We also have a, a lot of news on the Star Wars front, with the exclusive deal with EA coming to an end. Of course, for the past uh, eight years, EA was the only company, video game company, able to develop video games based on the Star Wars franchise. And in the past two years, three years, they, they kind of uh, used it well, but in previous years, they really didn't do much with that uh, IP. And so Disney has decided that the deal is coming to an end, but that doesn't mean they're not still working with EA. It's not exclusive, but EA is still going to be making games. But uh, when the deal expires, uh, supposedly or presumably, we're going to get another game from Ubisoft, from uh, the team that did The Division, which is, of course, a uh, game-as-a-service type third-person shooter uh, it's Massive Studios, I think, Massive Entertainment. Um, and I would love to see a Star Wars game made by them. A, a Star Wars uh, a Star Wars game-as-a-service type game could be really cool. And it kind of gets close-ish to an MMO, possibly, but it would be, I'm guessing, a little bit more accessible, a little bit more... Uh, point and shoot and FPS-y or TPS-y and a little bit more arcade. And I think I would be very, very interested to see what they do with this. And I don't expect this to come out until, again, the deal with EA expires, which is two years away. So that's not going to be happening anytime soon, but or I guess not in the next few years. But it is an, inter an interesting development. And it seems like Disney is kind of getting things in order with their um, gaming divisions and the, the 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 Lucasfilm aspect of things is going to be handled. And I kind of hope that they <laughs> manage the Marvel things in a better way. I guess it, it was only Avengers, which wasn't great. But uh, anyway, so that's the news from uh, Disney. There was also CES, uh, not a huge amount of things to discuss there. Um, there are some mobile versions of the existing uh, newly announced graphics cards and CPUs from both uh, NVIDIA and AMD, which are coming out. So you're going to get some great mobile gaming performance on all of those. Um, we also had the announcement that Stadia is going to be coming to uh, LG TVs fairly soon. So that's pretty cool because, of course, that is the, um, the, 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 the potential for Stadia and streaming services is to be integrated everywhere. And uh, integrated into LG TVs is a great deal for Stadia. Uh, I'm not going to dive back into the issues of, that Stadia has. But um, 
it is a, a, the right, the good way to go for them. And of course, I'm sure that other streaming services are, are having similar deals being discussed. That's, you know, Xbox and, uh, and Luna, Amazon service, which are also going to be appearing on different TVs. Just like, you know, you have Netflix on your TV, you're going to have these gaming services as well. Um, what else is happening? We had a, uh, I guess I have to talk about cyberpunk. It's not something I, I particularly want to because everything has been said, I guess. Uh, it's chugging along. It's, it's doing patches that improve performance and, and remove bugs. Um, the, the one thing that I will mention is there was a somewhat strange apology posted from one of the co-founders uh, of the company. It's not strange because he didn't apologize. He actually did and he took responsibility and he said, you know, we are, we, we are, I am responsible and it's an executive level decision to put it out. So blame me if you want to blame someone. Um, I don't know how much, you know, the money people are blaming him because apparently they sold like 13 million copies, even when you take into account the, uh, the, 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 uh, refunds, which is kind of crazy. 13 million copies. Like, I think that's what I was saying last month. Um, they, they, of course they put it out at that point. Of course they did because they sold a lot of copies on the, old gen consoles and that made a lot of money and it was the right choice if you look at the financial aspects of things um so yeah that was to be expected or i guess i didn't expect it to sell that well given all of the issues so i don't know what that says about either the 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 honest reporting about the issues or the gaming community i don't know it's just weird and I guess people don't care that the game is buggy and they still want to buy it because they want to give it a try. And, and you can't say that they buy it unaware of it, right? They, they don't, everyone's, I'm guessing, everyone's aware of the issues of the game at this point. Anyone who's barely informed about video games knows. So it's everyone making their own decisions. Um, and by the way, there was a report by Jason Trier at uh, Bloomberg about the issues that led to the disastrous release of Cyberpunk 2077. The, there are, of course, issues of crunch and uh, management, which I'm not going to get into because we've talked about this a lot. And CD Projekt, you know, I've talked about this about CD Projekt many times, and it's just par for the course, I guess, which is still an issue and a problem. And I don't want to diminish that, but we've talked about it a lot. The thing I want to bring up from um, the, 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 the piece is the fact that uh, the, the producing of the game was problematic. The producing of the game was uh, amateurish, amateurish. The ambition for the game was way too high for the experience of the studio it feels they they were there was a little bit of hubris like they were the guys who made uh the witcher 3 so they could do anything and they bit off a lot more than they could chew but also the the product the producers 
I don't know how things were organized, but a lot of people were working on stuff disconnected from the rest of the team, uh, doing work that was either redundant or unnecessary or that didn't connect properly with the rest of the team, stuff like that. It feels like a young company because, again, remember, CD Projekt, the, their only big game was the, the Witcher 3. And that's not a huge amount of experience when you want to make the biggest game in history, which in some respects, cyberpunk, well, maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest. And um, so, yeah, that, that is part of what led us to where we, we, we are. With, I should note, again, a lot of people um, very happy with the game. A lot of people are extremely... Uh, you know, like the game, love the game very much, and uh, especially on PC, of course. And so that should be noted as well. And I have no doubt that it will become much better in the in the coming months. So that's and and at the end of this segment, I want to mention what I started with, which is the apology, um, the apology video, which was. To me, the reason it was strange, it was a big detour, but I'm getting back to it. The reason it was strange was they, they did not, I mean, the, the, what's his name, the co-founder. Um, in the end, in trying to explain um, the issues with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions, um, Marcin Ivinsky, Ivinsky is, is his name. Um, when trying to explain that, he essentially said, well, we didn't know. We didn't realize it was, you know, buggy like that. And that is, like, that's not an acceptable answer. Um, everything else in the, in the video is fine, but this is not something that, you know, you can just let go. How did you not know? The bugs were so prevalent and so significant that you can't not have known. So that is not just bullshit. It's, it, or at least he's not giving a satisfying explanation of why this isn't uh, uh, disingenuous. This, isn't, this, is, this absolutely feels hypocritical. So, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that. Um, so we're going to talk about the, the crazy thing that happened with Xbox Live Gold uh, subscriptions and uh, Activision Blizzard eating up vicarious visions in, in just a little bit. That's the, the latest news. But I do want to talk about the games that I'm hoping will uh, brighten up our 2021. Um, there are a lot of them that are coming out. I'll mention a few that I'm especially curious about. I think there are a few, you know, um, big hitters, heavy hitters that are, everyone is, is, I don't want to say gonna love, but are kind of sure bets. So there isn't a lot of question that I'm gonna buy and play them. Um, the the biggest ones are Horizon Forbidden West, which is which was initially slated for I think early 2021. Now it's just 2021. Um, I'm not gonna go over why Horizon. Forbidden West is a, a highly anticipated game, but um, Horizon was such a huge achievement 
Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just Horizon, if you haven't played it, it's on PC now, by the way. Um, so it is a really, really exciting thing to wait for. It's one of the big releases for Sony on PlayStation 5. It's also going to be on PlayStation 4, though. So it might not um, use the PlayStation 5's hard uh, SS, super fast SSD in a way that is core to the game design, um, which, you know, is we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. Maybe God of War Ragnarok is going to do that. And uh, that game was slated for 2021 as well. I have my doubts that it will come out this year. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Forbidden West is pushed to summer maybe even late summer, and uh, God of War is pushed to early 2022. For now, it's still supposed to be 2021, but we really haven't seen anything about the game at all. It could be Sony keeping things close to the vest, but we'll see. Um, I, I think it might be pushed to 2022. Um, Ratchet and Clank is coming out soon. It's not. I'm not a big fan but we'll see. Gran Turismo 7. Uh, but of course, in the big heavy hitters, uh, Halo Infinite, which has been pushed to the full. I'm very curious about that one. Very curious. Because I've never been a big fan of Halo, but this one is a modern, hopefully modern-ish game, even though it has to stay true to its roots, uh, in that it should be, a, a, we were speculating it will be a service game. So we'll see what happens there. But oh, just like many other games on this list, we don't know anything about it. Um, we don't know what the service aspect is going to be. We don't know how, um, you know, how different it's going to be from the previous Halos. There, there's going to be a solo and a multiplayer component, of course. But there's going to be, we think, this game is service element. And how do you make that work in the Halo universe? I'm very curious. Uh, Gotham Knights is a game I'm really hoping will be good. Uh, I love the Arkham series, and even though this one is not uh, in the canon of the Arkham series, there's another one coming out next year that's going to be there. Uh, it's still very clearly the same, you know, engine and, and the same game. And um, I'm very excited for that formula to uh, show up again and with four different characters that will each have their way of playing and their gameplay i'm very excited to check it out uh hollow knight silk song and elden ring uh i don't think elden ring is coming out in 2021 um and but both of those games are not for me they're games that people are very excited about so i'm mentioning them but they're not really my thing. Same with Monster Hunter Rise. I've tried every single Monster Hunter and I never got it. It's I've played like, I don't know, 10, 20 hours of Monster Hunter World. It didn't grab me at all. Um, a couple of other games, of course, I already mentioned Super Mario 3D World. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy was delayed to 2022. Uh, Far Cry 6, again, not one of my games, but I uh, got it with my new PC, which I can talk about in a second. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll play it. And Resident Evil 8 Village is coming out as well very soon. Um, 
I believe it's in May, and uh, so it's not very soon, but it's soonish. It's really, it seems like the seventh, it's uh, back to the roots of Resident Evil, which is super scary and uh, hectic action. Not hectic, but panicky action. And uh, that's not for me either. That's I'm too much of a wuss nowadays. Um, so the other things are, um, I'm, I'm just going to go over the games that I'm actually um, excited about. I think Kenna Bridge of Spirits is, could be interesting in that it's really graphically stunning, but we don't know anything about the gameplay. And that concerns me, not concerns me, but mm, I'm curious about, and we don't know anything, so I can't really judge it. But it's so pretty. It's coming out supposedly early 2021 on PS4, PS5, and PC. And it looks like a freaking uh, Pixar movie. It's incredible. So we'll wait for that. Uh, Returnal is also a uh, game I'm curious about. It's a PS5 exclusive, I believe. I don't think it's coming on PS4. Um, it's coming on March 19, and it's a game by Housemark which made, um, you know, that shooter game that came out at the beginning of the PlayStation 4? Ugh, Resogun. And it's very arcadey, and Returnal is a 3D um, a, a roguelite-type experience, which seems to pull on Housemark's expertise on shooter and heavy action. So that I'm actually... Um, kind of curious to see we've seen a, a little bit of footage and it could be cool of course roguelites are never i never get tired of them i'm sure some people do but it's a very um it's a really good formula it's like you know fps's or sports games or it, it doesn't really get old i don't think as long as you have an interesting mechanic around it and you make the thing evolve um, there's other things, of course, Rogue Legacy 2, uh, Darkest Dungeon 2, Deathloop is also a game that I'm curious about, and that, um, is PS5 exclusive, by the way, even though it's an arcane game, which is owned by Microsoft now, so that's interesting, but we don't know, it's coming on in May 21st, and we don't know anything about the, uh, time loop mechanics or the multiplayer mechanics, because there are two players apparently and we don't know anything about that so i'm curious um destruction all stars is coming in february and it's going to be included in the playstation plus in playstation plus um and that's a weird game as you notice there are a lot of playstation games <laughs> but it's a weird one um you drive a car in an arena and you have to fight with other people who are in cars. But if your car is destroyed, then it will blow up and you can run around and get into another car. It's going to be included in PlayStation Plus, so I'll check it out. I think it could be a fun few hours of gaming. I don't expect it to be more than that, but uh, I'm still a little bit curious. Um, a lot of PC games as well, Age of Empires 4, Back for Blood uh, in June, which I've mentioned a few times before, I think is way too close to Left for Dead, and that, you know, making a clone is not, you know, it's, it's time has passed, I think. Um, Stalker 2 supposedly coming out this year, um, Warhammer 40, 40k Darktide, which if you're talking about the Left for Dead clone, this could be a bit more interesting. Um, some 
you know, Japanese-ish things. Uh, Bravely Default 2 is coming out at the end of February. Uh, Deedlit and Wonder Labyrinth. That's something that I don't think anyone other than me and a few people are interested in because it's a, it's based in um, the record of Lot of War uh, anime. And it's a Metroidvania that I tried a little bit. It's available in early access. And it's kind of, uh, it's kind of cool. You, sh- you should check it out if you like uh, Metroidvanias or the record of Lotus War. Ghostwire Tokyo, Persona 5 Strikers is coming to the West, but the one I want to mention a little bit longer is, is King of Fighters 15. <laughs> That's, you know, my my fighting games love is uh, and lust is all over King of Fighters 15, which is supposed to come out in 2021. I still buy all of the fighting games that are from series I loved as a teenager and as a young adult um, even though I don't really play them to a competitive level at at all and I don't have time uh, I still buy them launch them do a little bit of combos play a little bit I enjoy it very much and if Street Street Fighter 6 or Tekken 8 are announced, I will, of course, be super excited, even more than for King of Fighters 5. And it's not impossible, you know, those games are reaching their uh, end of life, and it's a new generation, so I think those are coming. And we'll see if they get announced this year. Um, A few strange things. Um, I'm not too excited about Scorn, or even the Medium, which are... uh, xbox exclusives because again it's they seem like they are going to be games that work on a gimmick in the case of the medium it's that dual world and in the case of scorn it's that geiger aesthetic and i haven't seen anything that would make me think there's anything more than that for those games but we'll see i might be pleasantly surprised um 12 minutes is a curious uh looped narrative game where you can influence the the way things are things uh, uh, turn out and evolve in those 12 minutes with a view from the ceiling into a single room. It's a strange thing that I'm very curious about. Um, Stray, that game uh, about a cat in a uh, robot world, cyberpunk world populated by robots and neons. Curious about that one too. Mostly because it's uh, Annapurna Interactive which has, you know, released uh, uh, Outer Worlds and a few others that were really good. Notice that a lot of the games are just noted 2021. So it might be that many of them are just delayed. We'll see. Um, If we go to Blizzard for a second, uh, of course, we're going to have the BlizzCon online in February, I think in the middle of the month. And that's going to be super exciting. We're going to see more. Uh, there, I really hope we have a date for Overwatch 2. Um, I suspect we won't have a release date, but I hope they say like they did for Overwatch 1, beta coming, uh, you know, in this case, this year. I hope they will do that. And I hope I will get into the beta. And if I don't, I'm going to break something. Uh, just, you know, don't put it out on uh, in April because I'm going to have a second kid and I'm not going to have a lot of time. So thank you. Uh, Diablo 4 is not going to come out this year. Like, I, I don't know if anyone is, is hoping it will, but it won't. Um, and I don't think even a beta, nothing this year. Diablo 4 is far off still. I, I would expect a beta maybe next year. Um, Diablo Immortal, though, will, I believe, come out this year. We'll see. 
And on the Nintendo front, um, Breath of the Wild 2, I think, is coming out this year. I talked about it last month, I think. But I think the new Switch and Zelda will come out this year in the first half of the year. We'll see if that happens. But I expect it to. Bayonetta 3 might come out. Metroid Prime 4, I thought it might, but I might have been a little bit too optimistic. Uh, we might see a Metroid Prime remaster collection, though. So that will get the Metroid, uh, uh, the Metroid fa fans excited. So yeah, those are the games that are, uh, you know, there, there are many, many others, of course, I didn't mention everything, but um, those are the games that are, I'm, I'm excited about for 2021. All right. Um, what happened with Xbox Live? A couple, like a few days ago, four or five days ago, Microsoft announced that uh, they were increasing the price of the Xbox Live Gold subscription. And not by a little. It was like uh, uh, by a, a buck or a couple of euros even in euros and five euros for three months and like the the... the three months was the the max you could get but it was essentially becoming the almost the price of um xbox game pass and of course the obvious choice the obvious intent was to push people to game pass the problem is and and they put it out i think it was late tuesday or even friday which is as coined or as uh, put forth by uh, the West Wing, it's take out the trash day. If a piece of news, if an announcement comes out on Friday, you know that the, uh, per the, the company announcing it doesn't want it picked up. They want it, you know, to go quietly and no one to, to mention it. Of course, this didn't happen in the middle of a pandemic when people are using... So, of course, if you don't know, Xbox Live is what you need. Xbox Live Gold is what you need to play online. It's the equivalent of uh, PlayStation Plus. And you need that to play online. If you don't have it, you can only play locally. And so in the middle of a pandemic, when people use video games to uh, <laughs> play with their friends, that didn't go over very well. Gamer outrage and uh, very well handled by Microsoft for once, they reversed course immediately, like I think it was 12 hours, and uh, they are not pu pushing the price, it's remaining what it is, and they announced that uh, the, the games that are free to play will not need the Xbox Live Gold subscription to play, meaning uh, Fortnite, Warzone, things like that, are included in, you know, you can play them online with your friends without having to pay the subscription. So that's a significant reversal. Um, I suspect that they crunched the numbers and figured that uh, they would get more money from the people purchasing, you know, doing in-game microtransactions in those games because there are more people doing it if you don't need the Xbox Live and that is going to be beneficial for them in the end. But uh, it was... I don't want to say it was a, a miss by, by Microsoft, who's been known for its misses in the past few years and the past decade, but it it wasn't the right time or maybe they thought we're never never going to have a better time to give it a try and we need to push game pass but 
it wasn't very, obviously it was a miscalculation. Maybe not a miss, but a miscalculation. And to their credit, they reacted very quickly and kind of nipped it in the bud and spun the story into something positive with the um, live gold not needed for, for free games, which I think has, you know, changed the narrative on it. So it's like people are like, hmm, well, okay then. Oh, cool. I guess I can play those games. You know, they I I, I I'm guessing they might have uh, studied both scenarios. Do we hike up the price of gold? And they could have done both, honestly, but do we hike up the price of gold or do we make it uh, not necessary for the for for free to play games? And they already knew what it would mean in each case, and so they they could pivot quickly from one to the other. So um, yeah, anyway, in the end, it's not too bad, I guess. And the last thing I want to cover is um, the inclusion, the, the <laughs> gobbling up of Vicarious Visions by um, Activision or by Blizzard Entertainment. And this is a little bit of a weird one. Um, Vicarious Vision is a developer that um, Activision Blizzard bought a while back, a few years back, and they've been mostly making um, some remakes and some uh, ports. They did uh, the PC version of, or they helped with developing the PC version of Destiny 2. They uh, developed uh, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, uh, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, which were very well received. Um, not the Crash Bandicoot 4 was successful, but not successful enough, it seems, that they will um, get to do that again. Activision decided they're better off helping out Blizzard, and it's not clear if they're going to just stay Vicarious Visions or like an independent team inside Blizzard. Um, and the Blizzard had been getting more developers for years and they keep hiring and hiring and hiring of course there are people who leave the company so but this is a great way of getting a lot of developers that know their stuff and they're gonna be up and running very quickly it's about 200 people um they're they're you know folding them in and i don't know what to think of that because of course it seems Blizzard needed the developer. There's some talk about uh, the Diablo 2 remaster that they're going to be working on, which would make sense. But it's also, I have a... So the fact that there are developers coming to the company is great because this is investing in the core strength of the company. But at the same time, I think a lot of Blizzard's strength was its company culture and its company identity. And... Things like that, moves like that, I think dilute that, or have the potential to dilute that. And it's another move that uh, seems to indicate that Blizzard is just another studio at Activision Blizzard at this point. Maybe it's still a little bit of a privileged studio because it does have a lot of very, very strong IPs. 
And it might be that, you know, I, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping for is that these games are going to be very strong and Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 and maybe the mobile games and anything else they're developing is going to be very strong. But that kind of move is is uncharacteristic for something like Blizzard. Or, you know what? Actually, I'm saying that, but a long time ago, they also bought, um, you know, what became Blizzard North. I can't remember the name of the company back then. But the the, the ones who did Diablo, right, with Brevik and his team. Um, and I guess that didn't turn out too well <laughs> because things didn't work out with the integration. It was kind of uh, difficult. But it, it's... It doesn't seem like the way Blizzard does things. And it's another indication that the way Blizzard did things for the first 20 years is not the way that things are being done anymore. And the fact that uh, that Moheim has left is... Ha there was a cause for that. So we'll see. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not one of those doomsayers that is saying, oh, Blizzard is dead. They can't do anything good. Uh, absolutely not. I think that's a ridiculous way of looking at it. It, it really is more motivated by emotion than by, by uh, anything rational. Um, but it certainly is a change and a one that I'm looking at closely with a, and with a little bit of uh, concern might be a strong word, but certainly attention. So... Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see uh, what will come out of um, of BlizzCon, of course. That is kind of a... It's another make-or-break moment for Blizzard because the beginning of 2020 wasn't great with Warcraft 3 Reforged. Uh, Shadowlands were, was very well received, so they kind of got an extension on their, uh, on their fans' patience. But they sh have to show something at BlizzCon that is going to be exciting to Blizzard fans. And I really, really think they have to announce dates for games. Like, it's getting to a point where I understand that people, you know, by the, the great Miyamoto saying, people don't remember when a game is late, they remember if it's good or bad. And of course, this applies, but at some point, you do need a game to judge if it's good or bad. And of course, I don't want them to put out games that aren't ready, but I would still love them to put out games. And probably Overwatch 2 is the closest uh, candidate for that. And it is a, a difficult thing to uh, do well. Overwatch 2, we'll talk about it when BlizzCon happens, so next month, but it is... Yeah, it's going to be an interesting BlizzCon. And that's going to be it for this episode. That was, uh, you know, we had the uh, holidays, so it was a little bit less news coming out. Uh, uh, fewer games and some games that I'm maybe not super excited about. I'm, I'm not a big Hitman player is what I'm trying to say. But uh, things are going to kick back up in gear this uh, in the next few weeks and uh, we're going to have an exciting next episode next month so thank you so much for for listening and for uh sticking with me i'm not patrick on twitter facebook and instagram you can come chat if you wish to do so uh and i hope you enjoyed the show i will talk to you again in a few weeks 
Till then, play well and uh, many hugs to all of you. I hope your 2021 is starting off well. I'll leave it to that. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.